I have one question for you. Are you ready to do your fertility journey differently? Hey there, I'm Bella Hilton, and this is the Studio Fertility Podcast, where each week I bring you real, actionable tips and strategies to help you get your mind from chaos to calm and your body from resistant to receiving. So if you want to feel better now and improve your fertility, let's do this. Hey everyone and welcome to the Studio Fertility Podcast. I am your host, Bella Hilton, as always. Uh, And recently, I actually asked a question on Instagram stories about what do you find most overwhelming about your fertility journey or trying to get pregnant around like along those lines because I think the word overwhelming is kind of different for everybody like everybody's getting overwhelmed about different things um, and of course if you don't follow me on Instagram you can find me at studio fertility uh, that's my handle you know uh, studio fertility podcast studio fertility website <laughs> anyway because I like to find out what people are finding toughest right now so I can talk to that and really help you and you know even create some um, some resources for you right so I had 92 responses I think so I can't get back to everybody, Uh, but I also feel like I got 92 different answers as well. And actually, I love that because I think it goes to show and it highlights that we're all struggling slightly differently on the journey, right? And it really highlights that, which I think is really important to note. In all my time doing this and working with clients around the world, I've never heard the same story twice right? And it might be in the nuances of their life, right? But the stories are never exactly the same. But a big theme that I did see coming through uh, in those 92 responses was about waiting, hence this podcast today. All kinds of waiting that are involved in the fertility game. And so I wanted to talk to you today about that waiting because all that waiting can make it feel like we're waiting for our lives to begin, essentially, right? We're missing out on our lives and I don't want that for you. You know, whether that's waiting during the two-week wait to see if you're pregnant this month, uh, waiting for ovulation time to come around again, um, waiting to get in to see the specialist, um, waiting in, waiting to get in to do tests. What else have we got? Waiting for the test results, right? Or to see our doctor again to see what the results say. Uh, waiting to see what the next steps are after a failed cycle. I don't know how many people I've talked to who are like, they might have had a failed cycle or something terrible happened and they have to wait weeks to see their doctor, you know, I don't know, try and find a doctor who won't do that. I would always talk to mine the next day. So I find that, you know, pretty hard. Anyway, what else are we waiting for? Waiting to see if we will have kids or not, right? That's a big wait in this. Waiting to see if we can make plans for the future. Uh, Putting things on hold. So essentially waiting to take a holiday. A lot of people were waiting, like I can't plan a holiday because I don't know if I'll be pregnant or not waiting to get a new job because you know you're waiting for that maternity leave maybe if you you know if you move jobs you won't get it uh waiting to move house um waiting to even get a massage um get your hair colored i don't know waiting for appointments of any kind waiting for ivf to start waiting for your period to come so you can start ivf 
waiting for your turn to become a mother, waiting for your body to maybe properly miscarry so you can try again. That's a tough one. Not knowing how long you have to wait to become a mother, let alone the waiting we might have done to get to this point in our lives to have the baby, right? You know, maybe you've always dreamed of uh, having a family and you had to wait, you know, from 15 to 30, 35 to actually even start Um, and then waiting to see if it ever happens. So all while it feels like often with this waiting that time is slipping through our fingers and honestly that waiting and feeling like we're waiting and stuck honestly feels like that time is slipping through our fingers. It has that lack of control to it. Can, can you relate to this? Like you might have more things to add to that list of that you're waiting for. There seems to be so much waiting that goes on. And when we are waiting so much for something, it can feel like time is both simultaneously going too fast and it also drags by. It's irony, right? (laughs) And I was sitting here thinking about my own journey with this and all the waiting I had to do. And there were many times that I had to wait, Um, but I think more in the beginning. To be honest with you, I wanted a baby for all the wrong reasons when I look back at it when I first started trying. I wanted a baby, like there is, there was that desire in my heart for a baby for the right reasons, but I also wanted a baby to fill a void in my life um, and probably a void that I had in my life for years, a void around a true sense of feeling loved. And to give all that love I had to give to someone, right, who was really going to appreciate it. I was lonely and unfulfilled and and desperate for my whole life to begin. I'd been that way since I was probably about 13, I reckon. And you see how everyone's stories are different? Like, this is mine, but, uh, you know, I really analyze things too. (laughs) So that desperation for a baby made my journey all that much harder because I was also looking for that baby to be something to me that it should never have to be. It shouldn't have to live up to those expectations. And to be honest, I can add to that waiting list as well when I think about it. I waited desperately for my husband at the time to be involved in it all and to take it as seriously as I did. I mean, he'd said yes, but he never showed me any commitment um, you know, beyond that. To really being involved and it was really me driving it and you know it seemed like he didn't really didn't give a shit <laughs> uh, and I hear that from women sometimes about their partners and not all everyone's story is different you know and they they might have super supportive partners like I do now and their partners might really want that baby too but you know some people's um, partners husbands or whatever they might be all care but no resp- responsibility in, in that they give lip service to the consent to get pregnant together, right, if it all goes easy, but don't want to have to commit to doing anything when the journey gets difficult. And that's a hard wait. (laughs) And so we wait alone, right? And I waited alone. Um, But my experience with my current husband was chalk and cheese. He would come to the opening of an envelope with me if it was around our fertility. Uh, He even came, you know, he would come with me to a blood test. 
He never made me wait in the clinics alone, except for a couple of times when, you know, it really was a massive clash with something at work, but otherwise he made this a priority. It was a joint effort and I really, really appreciated that about him at the time. And I think because I didn't have that support in the beginning when I first started trying, you know, when I was 27, I kind of felt lost. I felt so alone and incapable to really drive it for myself when I was 27, when I didn't have that support because I was looking for it to fulfill that my need for love. So I was desperately searching for that, but I also, you know, couldn't drive it for myself because I didn't know what to do or where to turn next and I had no one to talk to. I didn't feel internally empowered to make any decisions for myself around this. I honestly felt like a lost child trying to have a child, to be honest with you. Um, And during that time, like many ways, I felt like an adult. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) I wasn't um, irresponsible or anything like that. But during that time, I lost my periods twice, right, and waited desperately for my periods to return and then then be like six months Uh, for my luteal phase to adjust back to an appropriate length that I knew that it needed to be to even get pregnant. You know, my period would come back, but then my luteal phase would only be like six days or three days. And and then the next cycle might be five days and the next eight, you know? So that took forever during those two times when I did uh, lose my period from over-exercising and from uh, dieting too much. I have a very sensitive body. You probably don't have that. And I used to stare at charts like my BBT charts and things I was tracking for hours every day, waiting, trying to will those things to tell me, you know, something or in those instances to speed up time to the point where my body was receptive and working properly again, you know. And so I was essentially waiting until I could take the next temperature and things like that, right? And the worst part is, I did keep it all to myself. I couldn't talk to my partner about it. I couldn't talk to my girlfriends about it. I suffered through all that waiting and hoping and wishing alone. Like, I told no one. Uh, How else did I wait? I mean, once my relationship ended, I waited for the opportunity to be able to get pregnant too um, until I grieved all of that and kind of took that off the agenda for myself. Uh, But at that time, I literally had no guy for a while, like, you know, kind of essential to the process. I had all kinds of weights and the usual ones too. I just wanted to give you more ways that some of us might be experiencing that weight and what goes into this bigger sense of waiting for us. You know, what's at the heart of it? Because it's often not just as simple as waiting for um, to see if you can test, right? I had the wait to get a new job because I might be pregnant to get maternity leave. I waited for test results. I even was about to start IVF back in 2015 for the first time and was made to wait another month because my FSH was too high and I had no idea about FSH or that 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 was a thing that could stop me. So that was a bit of a slap in the face, but I got over it very quickly because I'd already, you know, healed a lot of stuff for myself. But Let's look at waiting and how to minimize our experience of it so that we can cope through this damned thing, right? Because we wait for things all the time. We, in life, right? Just in general, we wait for things. We wait for our toast to cook. (laughs) We wait for holidays to get a rest from work, for example, instead of working more 
balance into our lives, you know. But let's look at what makes this so different too, okay. Number one, firstly, I think the biggest difference is that uncertain weights are are way longer than known wait times, right? So if you knew you would absolutely, with certainty, be pregnant in six months with your baby, you'd probably take the time to rest up, have fun, prepare for your future, right? There wouldn't be any of the anxiousness that goes along with it. There might be excited anticipation, which is very similar to anxiousness, um, like those times when you say, I can't wait, but not the desperation involved because it's a certainty, you're dead cert, right? And while I normally would say that, you know, some definite weights are easier, uh, often with fertility challenges, say you're waiting for test results or to see a specialist, we still experience this weight as unknown, as an unknown weight, because we attach the outcome of whether or not we will have a baby with that weight, and that is an unknown weight, right? So it's not just about seeing the specialist, it's about still wrapped up in, will we ever have a baby? What are they going to say? You know, am I completely infertile? Am I lost cause? So, it, you know, that known weight to see the fertility specialist is often wrapped up in something bigger. And it's important to know that to break these things down. Uh, number two, I think it's an important point that anxiety makes weights seem way longer than they are, right? I've got to say the time I had between uh, getting diagnosed with breast cancer and having my surgery was only about a month, right? That's a pretty short amount of time. Um, you know, this is four years ago now. But that was probably one of the longest months of my life, as you can imagine, because I went from routine check and about to start IVF to foisted into an unknown world with so many unknowns, and it was terrifying on so many levels. You know, and I'm actually sitting here laughing about it, you know, thinking this, that it was only a month. I couldn't have gone on much longer with that, with that situation. That felt life and death, right? So if we wait to get a handle on our lives and all the waiting with fertility, though, it's just so, so important to actually start to get the tools you need to manage and or eliminate your anxiety around it. Like, um, not just manage it, like really reduce it. And there are so many ways that we can do that to give us more freedom in the chaos of our brains, to give us also space in our hearts to continue on, right? Me, my clients, we're living proof of that. You can do this journey differently. Tip number three, unexplained weights are longer than explained weights, right? Um, well, I mean, this goes without saying that when we don't know what is wrong with our bodies to be able to conceive, then that weight seems incredibly long, you know, when it's completely unexplained. But I have to say, even if there is something that gets in our way to conceive, half the time it's not a certain to get around that issue, right? And that makes all of infertility feel unexplained, even if it is somewhat explained. And that's, you know, again, it comes back to the will I ever be a parent? Am I going to experience this joy in my life? Now to my point earlier, this is point number four, when we feel alone in fertility challenges, that can make the wait seem so much longer too. Like I I felt completely alone 
I guess the first time, I kind of call it the first time I was trying to conceive because, you know, it feels like a previous life, right? If we don't feel like anyone understands us or we don't have that support around us, like where do we go? We feel so lost. If you have, you know, if you don't have someone in the trenches with you, that's probably, you know, too much for most people to handle. You, you can at least have someone else to try and, you know, keep you sane if you've got someone to share it with. So there is a lot that goes into the waiting. But today I want to ask you and kind of start to explore this with you to turn it around for yourself um, because it starts with simple things. So I'm going to ask you a simple question with probably a complex answer to start to turn this around. Okay, you ready? You might want to write this down. Not if you're driving or anything like that, because it's a process, but it's an important process that you may need to start to ease the heartache and burden for yourself. And I really want you to think about it. If you were to stop waiting for all your ducks to be in a row, i.e. to be pregnant, how would you do that for yourself? Do you know what? honestly solve a lot of problems in my life by instead of saying I just can't do well if I could how would I do that for myself whatever it is because here is another point I want to make about waiting unoccupied time feels much longer than time that we have felt like we have used well that we fill in with meaningful stuff and there is a lot in life that is meaningful beyond getting pregnant but we get a little bit tunnel vision with it. And if you find that hard to remember, then maybe think about those times when you weren't trying to get pregnant, when it wasn't a thing, right? Think about that time in your life where getting pregnant wasn't a thing and what were the meaningful things you were were striving towards that you were trying to get in your life that had great meaning to you? Spending time with friends. I don't know what it is, but think about those times. I think there's a massive benefit to learning how to live our lives for now and more in the moment than always having our heads firmly planted in unknown futures. This is exactly where anxiety comes from and makes our wait so long. So in that process of working through difficult times that we don't completely, you know, In that process of working through these difficult times, we don't completely miss out on our lives as they are happening. And sometimes we need to take that step back and have a more bird's eye view of our lives and what it is all about for us. When I decided to get happy, you know, despite or in spite of what was happening in my life and fertility challenges, because I am a little bit like, like someone tells me I can't be happy without something I'm like right I'm going to show you (laughs) right so that's why I say in spite of but even despite of it even despite of my problems in life my fertility challenges the depression that I'd had for years I reclaimed my life again and I did it in about a month and I was still able then once the opportunity came back on the table to work towards the things that I'd wanted in life like trying to get pregnant In the same time, it would otherwise have taken me. It didn't take me longer. In fact, it shortened the process for me because when I was in that space, I was without a guy. The fact that I got happy meant that I found my forever person, right? Actually shortened the amount of time for me. But without, you know, 
I got happy and and so when I was working towards these things in my life, it then was without that sense of urgency or heartache that we associate with these things that we think that we have to feel in a way. In fact, I was thoroughly enjoying my life and not putting things on hold. And to me, that is like one of the big missing pieces that we don't realize Uh, Because I knew that not going on holiday would not be the make or break of me getting pregnant. But, you know, but I also knew that going on holiday would add enjoyment to my life. You know, making plans for the future about my career and what I wanted to accomplish in life, regardless of whether or not I had children, regardless of whether or not, you know, uh, I changed my mind and stayed home for five years instead of pursuing what I wanted, right? Right meant I was living my life for me and not forgetting myself in the process of all of this. And honestly, building a coaching business was in those plans. I just didn't know it would be in fertility things. But, you know, when it came time to pursue that, it was like, this makes sense to be my niche to actually serve you wonderful, wonderful ladies. You know, I stopped deviating from my life and what I wanted out of it on all levels, all levels, because I knew a baby wasn't going to fulfill what I needed to fulfill in my life first and foremost. Love for myself, love for my life and what I wanted to accomplish in life or, you know, to live my meaning in life. I started enjoying the waiting times because I wasn't waiting most of the time. No one ever enjoys waiting, right? I just wasn't doing that. I wasn't waiting for my life to begin. And those moments when I did recognize the waiting, they were easier to handle because my whole life wasn't about waiting. I was busy planning, right, our next epic date night and fun things for us to do as a couple, for example, right? I was busy planning out my career like I was single with no kids because I knew that when I had more information, then I could make new decisions. No more, well, if I'm pregnant, then I can't do that, you know, down the future, and so I won't plan it. Forget that. And if you still think that way a little bit, then you know, just get insurance, right, so you can change your holiday or get your money back, for example. Right? There's always ways to factor in. It's like, well, if I was pregnant, what would I do? But right now I'm going to follow this path and when I get pregnant, I'll make new decisions. Honestly, make those plans, book that holiday, chase that career goal, occasionally have that champagne, you know, because at the end of the day, the only bad thing that might happen if you do, you know, get pregnant, for example, and have to cancel that holiday, I'm not sure why you'd have to cancel the holiday, but, you know, I don't know, I went camping at seven weeks pregnant, you know, so you might lose a bit of money on the holiday or you might take some time out from your career instead of sticking so rigidly to your five-year plan for it, right, or whatever it is. We're allowed to set plans and then change those plans whenever we want. You know why? Because it's our fucking life and we get to do whatever we want whenever we want. We need to start living for ourselves again and then the weight doesn't necessarily go but it does lessen it because your whole life isn't on hold. We need to find balance. How do you need to start living life for you again? 
What things do you need to do to, you know, to what do you need to ditch? That's what I want to know. What do you need to ditch? And what things do you need to add? Those are really important factors. I know I don't ask simple questions. I ask thought-provoking questions that take time to think about and commitment to answer. But these are the things that shift the needle. But if you know somewhere underneath there that you are worth it, then you'll do this for yourself. Grab your journal tonight and maybe ponder these questions and answer for them answer them for yourself to shift that needle. And of course, you can always get my help with these things if you're confused and don't know where to go in my five-star rated transformational mind-body fertility program, the Fertility Shift, right? I'm happy to sit there and chat with people all day and help them work through the modules and when they're confused or they need something deeper, you know, because I want to give you the tools and the information that really, really shift the needle um, and are specific to you. And you can go to Studio Fertility slash shift to join the wait list for that one right now. The doors are opening again soon. They will be like just right at the end of October. So you want to get on the wait list for that um, because there will be uh, there will be benefits to being on that wait list, of course. Um, but I've also created a brand new resource for you too, which you can get at studiofertility.com. Um, I'm actually in the middle of creating it, but by the time this episode comes out um, in a few days, I will have done that for you. I think it's going to be called Baby Panic, Simple Ways to Gain Control of Trying to Conceive by Letting Go. So I'm going to give you quick, easy wins on how to do that. Uh, And I will see you next time on the podcast, but don't wait for it. Get out there right now and live. See you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to the Studio Fertility Podcast. If you want to learn more about how to work with me, just head to studiofertility.com slash shift and check out my transformational five-star rated program, The Fertility Shift. Or you may just want to check out other great episodes at studiofertility.com slash podcast. And finally, if you love the podcast, why not leave a review? If you let me know you left a review, there may be something in it for you. And that's it.